earlier this month, the office of the president of the United States was asked if the leader of the free world had been briefed on numerous, quote, creepy clown sightings happening around the country in 2016. This is in October, if you're listening to this later. In Alabama, uh, a woman called 911 because she was terrified after seeing a man dressed like a clown behaving in a menacing manner in a Walmart parking lot. Schools in Ohio were closed recently because of numerous scary clown sightings. A clown in New York chased a teen out of a subway. Men in Kentucky arrested for dressing up as a clown and hiding in the woods. And so on and so on and so on. There's been so much media coverage and national fear regarding clowns that Stephen King himself, author of It, creator of Pennywise, arguably the scariest clown to ever crawl off the written page, asked America to calm down. The master of horror tweeted, Hey guys, time to cool the clown hysteria. Most of them are good. Cheer up to kitties. Make people laugh. You know clown fear has gone on, uh, it's gone too far. When Mr. King himself says we should take it easy. I mean, that is comparable to Hitler in 1944 coming out and just saying, All right, everybody, let's... Let's ease up on the juice. Most of them are super cool. I, I, I just didn't think it would go this far. Work can wait. It's time to bring in the clowns. It's time for Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. All right, well, I, first off, I want to see I picked this topic uh, because someone tweeted me about it, and I was already thinking about it because there's so much media coverage of clowns right now, and because I uh, did a bit on one of my albums about being afraid of clowns myself, which is uh, totally true, I've gotten just lots of Facebook messages and lots of posts in the last, I would say, two months about this whole clown craze. Like, like by far the most messages and stuff I've got since since that album came out, in like 2010. <laughs> and uh, and so I was already definitely getting more and more curious. Where I'm like, how many articles are out there about clowns? And, you know, and so, of course, I got, I got sucked into a time suck uh, over the weekend and just spent hours just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with all, with all the clown stuff. And so I had other episodes already recorded for time suck, but I, I, I wanted to get this one uh, in line faster. I wanted to kind of rush this one forward, bump some other topics uh, to, to later on. And it just feels right, kind of, you know, as, as we're coming up towards Halloween, this feels like a, a Halloween-ish topic. And, and by the way, if, if you want me uh, to dissect other things that you're really interested in, like if you, if you would love to see me jump into some other topic, uh, hit me up, you know, on Twitter at D Cummins, or sorry, I'm sorry, I can't even do my own Twitter, D underscore Cummins, uh, or Facebook or Instagram at Dan Cummins Comedy. And, uh, and I'm working on getting a comment section up and running at timesuckpodcast.com. I've just been so busy uh, touring and doing some other stuff that the website is, is up. But it uh, it needs it needs updating, and I need to know how to update it. So that'll be going very soon. We'll have a whole little comment thread where we can go back and forth and all that stuff. And so now let's just get into this whole clown thing. And by by the way, you know I've been I've been prepping these. I've been trying to tinker with the format a little bit, trying to find that balance of research and just humor, and uh, and and make it as topical as I can. But I, I can't always just do the touring needs and things be in a place where I can record it like the day of and then quickly throw it up there. So this is this is October 10th. This is going to come out uh, next Monday, and I'm sure some other articles will come out about clowns. Like I just, I just looked on the web right now, and and one another one came out today. I mean every day, literally every day, there's more articles now. This one's like killer clowns hiding mapped out across the UK. Craze continues to terrify. 
and there's just this graphic of just city after city after city of of all these clown sightings. And then, but first, before we get into 2016, what's happening right now, let, let's let's break it down. Let's get into some backstory. And, and first off, I think I got to start with like what I think of clowns. And and again, uh, if you haven't heard, <laughs> I do a true story about what happened when I was a kid that, that made me fearful of clowns. And I'll, and I'll try to summarize it right now just to bring you up to speed on where I'm at. And, and people always wonder if my, if my bits are true. And, and on my early, early albums, I did some obvious uh, absurd things on the first two that are clearly just being ridiculous. But when, but when I do talk about real life, I, I am honest on these albums. And, and the clown story is 100% true where for some reason when I was little, I was into clowns. I don't know why. Uh, there are pictures of me when I was like three, four years old, uh, wearing like a clown suit with a little white makeup, you know, the red nose, the whole thing, like <laughs> dressed up as a clown, because uh, apparently uh, I'm inherently evil. It's the only thing I can come up with. I don't know. But no, but seriously, I, I was really into clowns. There was some kind of parade in my little town of Riggins, Idaho. Every year there's been this, like a small town parade, and when I was a little kid, like I, I marched the parade <laughs> as a clown. I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why I was into that, no one in my family can explain. I just on my own, I just got into clowns, which is creepy. And uh, you know, and I've been I've been uh, <laughs> referred to as being able to be creepy my whole life. So I guess I guess maybe I just am a little creepy. Uh, I, I guess I don't know where it comes from. You know, I'm just born with it. You know, some of us are just lucky. Some of us are just you know just born creeps. Um, but so I was into it, and I had dolls. I had clown dolls, and uh, and then <laughs> when I was like. You know, it's so, so blurry when you're a little kid, but just based on where we were living at the time, I think I was like, I was like, I want to say six years old, roughly, maybe seven, one of those two. Uh, my parents had HBO, and, you know, they would leave it on, not paying attention, or, or, or not even just leave it on, but like, you know, I was, I was smart enough at that age to know what channel HBO was, I guess. I, I don't know for sure, but I know that when no one was looking one time, I, I started watching the TV, and, this, and Poltergeist came on. And so, you know, it was an intense movie, and uh, I'm not going to not watch it if I, if I happen to be walking by and this thing's on as a little kid. I'm curious. And I was very unlucky. I, I watched this scene where there's a little boy in this movie. This is like a 1982. Uh, I believe that movie came out early 80s. And uh, I'll fact check that later. I'll, I'll clear that up if I'm wrong. But around there. But anyway, it was, it, was on, it was on TV, and there's a scene where this boy has a clown doll sitting in the corner of his room, and it, you know, he's, he's freaked out by it. There's spooky stuff happening in the house. And then all of a sudden, he looks over on the chair by the door where the clown is supposed to be his doll, and it's not there. He looks under the bed. Uh, it's not there. When he pops up from looking under the bed, it is fucking there. It is on him, and it's trying to choke him out with its creepy long arms. It's a really – it's still – I'm, I'm like getting the chills right now. It's, I hate it that I get so freaked out by this shit, but it, it really traumatized me as, as a kid because I had that same fucking clown doll. It wasn't like a, something made for the movie. I had, if not exactly the same, a very similar-looking clown doll. We don't have it anymore, so I can't verify exactly, but in my mind, I had the same goddamn doll – and I had it in my room. It was a bigger doll, just like that kid sitting on a chair. And the kid in the movie was roughly my age. So it was basically like watching myself getting fucking strangled by my own toy. And it scared the shit out of me. But I didn't um, say anything because I didn't want to get in trouble because I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching HBO. 
even if it was like left on or whatever, I wasn't supposed to be watching it. So my little kid rationale is I took it downstairs and I just like, I hung it off a doorknob by some little string it had on it and I just beat the shit out of it. You know, I don't know. I'm sure I was saying all kind of little tough things. You know, they're scare me. I'm t- yeah. How tough are you now? I'll, I'll kill you. Ugh, just punching it away. <laughs> and then I, and I threw it in the trash, you know, like, yeah, fuck you clown. Get out of here. And then I went to bed, you know, feeling a little better about the whole situation. I'm sure I was still, you know, kind of skeeved out. But I, I go to bed, and uh, after I fell asleep, my mom, you know, like any little kid, probably like, you know, you leave stuff around. She's used to picking up after you, and just like I do with my kids now. And she must have thought I threw the clown in the trash by mistake. So she put it back in my room, and I wake up. Uh, to go to the bathroom at some point in the night, and that fucking clown is back. He is back in the corner, magically reappeared. And so I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he, not only is he back, he must be very upset because I have been, I was working him over. I was beating his ass downstairs. Now he's back. He's clearly not happy, and I'm going to die. And, and it scared me. I just, it like paralyzed me with fear. Like, I couldn't even, I didn't even yell out. I still didn't want to get in trouble. I was so afraid of like getting in trouble as a kid for some reason that I would just torture myself with fear instead of just, you know, letting everybody know what happened. And I can't, I, I just tried to fall back asleep. I don't know if I fell back asleep at night or stayed up, but I do know I had recurring nightmares for uh, days, weeks, maybe months for a while. And I do know my mom was real. My mom still is weird about not letting you get rid of stuff. Like my mom will buy me a shirt. And then like five years later, just like, so do you wear that? Do you wear that shirt? Like she bought me a bike when I was probably like 24, 25. I don't know. She's like, what do you want, I want for Christmas? And I was like, I, I don't know, a bike. Like uh, I was thinking about, you know, riding around. So she gets me a bike. And then I just didn't ride it a whole bunch. I don't know, whatever. But then like like 10 years later, she'd still be like, so are you still, do you, do you use the bike much? Are you, do you ride the bike? And as a kid, she still has my toys. She's still convinced I've told her a thousand fucking times that these Star Wars toys I had as a kid that I played with them way too much. They're not in the box. They're not mint. They're not worth shit. She will still be like, you know, I bet those Star Wars toys are worth some money. And just like, do you have, do you have all of them? Do you have, like, like if I would have, these are toys she bought me over 30 years ago. And, but she has this expectation that if she ever gets you anything, you just keep it till death, I guess. You just, you have to keep it till death. And so the clown doll at some point, she knew that I was afraid of it, <laughs> but, but she just kept putting it in my room. She wouldn't let me get rid of it. I must have been an expensive clown doll or something. So fucked up. Looking back, like, why? Just throw it away. Yeah. Eventually, I talked to her. But anyway, it went on long enough. I had to sleep in this goddamn same room with this nightmare of a doll after seeing that piece of shit movie that it really deeply ingrained this fear of clowns into me. And then, because I was an idiot... As a kid and like to scare myself, I was, con- I was constantly watching scary movies even though I was very sensitive to, night- to nightmares. I just like to – I've always liked to rile myself up, I guess. Um, so then I was, re- I was really scared. And then I read It around sixth grade, and that was a fucking mistake. Uh, it is this ancient demonic extraterrestrial monster in the Stephen King book, you know, that feeds on the people of Derry, Maine every 27 years. You know, it like comes out of hibernation for three years and hibernates again. And it, and it takes the form of whatever you fear most. It's kind of this uh, shapeless thing or maybe it has a shape, but no one knows for sure what it is. It's like a fucking spider at one, one point because that's supposed to be scary. But for most of the book, it's a clown. It's penny, it takes the form of this Pennywise clown and it scares the shit out of these kids. 
It's the main the, the main characters in the story, and the adults, it has this power to kind of make people forget about it or not see it. And it's, it's kind of like uh, hypnotize the adults, and only the kids can see it. And so, you know, which, which plays into in your fear as a kid, that there's a monster that is definitely real, definitely trying to kill you, but your parents cannot see it because it has them hypnotized. So I'm like, I fucked myself reading that. Oh, that brought it all back. That brought it. I mean, so then that, like, I'm really scared of clowns after that. Um, and my family, because uh, they're dickheads, um, they think it's funny. And several Christmases ago, I opened up this pa- this like this present, and I'm not used to getting really pre- – usually they do gift cards. And I was like, ah, this is weird. I got this big package. And it was a little coffin. <laughs> no shit. It was like a little coffin. I'm like, what the fuck? And they had me open up in front of everybody. And inside the coffin is this creepy as shit little clown doll that I'm now I'm looking in a mirror down the hall and I'm it's so embarrassing. I'm, so, I'm, a, I'm not even a young grown man at this point. <laughs> I'm a dad. And if I saw that goddamn clown in that reflection of this mirror right now, I would lose my shit on this podcast. It would just be a fucking scream and that would be the end of the, and I, I would, well, you would never hear it because I, oh God, I can't even look at the mirror right now. See, I'm getting myself worked up just talking about this subject. And uh, anyway, my mom, the, the clown doll, I don't want to keep it. So then they, but they have it in the house somewhere. When I go home, and they won't tell me where it is. My mom keeps saying that she's going to like, it'll be like in the bed next to me when I wake up. Uh, <laughs> my mom, if you don't, yeah, I think hopefully you know where I get my dark sense of humor now. And sometimes she'll send me pictures. She doesn't really send me pictures that often, but sometimes she'll just send me a picture of this clown on like, on like a holiday, like on St. Patrick's Day. It'll be wearing like a little green shirt or something. And she'll just say that, you know, it's been watching me, that it misses me. It's fucked up. Uh, so there you go. So that's why I'm afraid of clowns. So then it got me thinking though, but I've never re like, well, I've kind of thought, but I've never researched like, why are clowns so scary? Like, like kind of scientifically, psychologically, why are they scary? You know, why are people like me? Why? why like I read other horror books. I read several other horror books, you know, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson, you know, in the shining, that was a really scary book, but it didn't make me terrified of hauntings. Um, I read a lot of Stephen Pet Cemetery was a super scary book. It didn't make me scared of, you know, people coming back out of their graves, kind of zombie-esque. You know, there was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get scared of the other things. He was like in the stand. I didn't get, you know, scared of this rolling flag devil character. Why clowns? Okay, here we go. According to psychology professor Joseph Derwin at California State University, Northridge, young children are, quote, very reactive to a familiar body type with an unfamiliar face. And they study this, uh, the kind of this phobia in, in it, uh, with clowns, and they think there's a correlation to the uncanny valley effect. And that's, it's, it's called the uncanny valley effect. Um, and also, uh, clown behavior is like transgressive. It's antisocial, you know, like they're, they're breaking social norms, which, which also creates just kind of unease when you're a kid, you know, and you're taught that people are supposed to follow certain rules. And, you know, clowns break those for comedy, but it also can be kind of scary. And then, so the significant aberrations in a clown's face, I'm going to get into this uncanny valley, what it is, uh, may, may alter a person's appearance so much that it enters the so-called uncanny valley, in which a figure is lifelike enough to be disturbing, but not realistic enough to be pleasant. And it scares a kid so much that the phobia can carry over into kind of adulthood, and so just describe this further, in aesthetics, the uncanny valley is the hypothesis that human replicas that appear almost but not exactly like real human beings elicit feelings of eeriness and revulsion 
among some observers. And there's like this graph, like this, this valley, like this, it, the, the graph is the shape of this valley is why they, they call it this. And it denotes a dip in the human observer's affinity for the replica, a relation that otherwise increases with the replica's human likeness. So, so basically what it is in, in layman's terms is like when a, a, a robot doesn't look anything at all like a human, it, it doesn't uh, elicit any weird feelings because it's like a separate entity. But then as you start getting closer to looking like a human – uh, you reach this point where, like, you know, as it starts to get a little bit closer, a little bit, it's kind of cute. Like, it's like cartoonish, kind of like a human. And then all of a sudden, it reaches this tipping point where it looks too human-like, but it's not quite there. And and it just it fucking skeeves you out. And I and I, and I can relate to this. And then, and then so then it like gets really really scary. But then it, as you get more and more and more human-like, if you get really human-like, it goes back to being like pleasant again. Because it just looks like a human. And they use an example of kind of like these lifelike dolls. It made me think of this, uh, oh, this, this weird doll I saw on YouTube like in Japan. They have these kind of like, like servant robots, I guess they're trying. I mean, they're basically, they're going to be sex bots. They're clearly going to be sex bots. They're like Japanese women robots that are sexy looking. And they look extremely lifelike. Like you can look this up on Google. And like the silicon faces and, they, and they're really making the facial expressions and the eye movements close. And it is fucking terrifying to me. Like I clearly have this uncanny valley thing. Like uh, it scares me in the same way that certain dolls scare me. Where if the doll looks a little bit too human-like with the eyes, I feel like the eyes are watching me. So and, – and it is. It's just for some reason if things look really close to human but not quite, it really like elicits a lot of fear inside of me. And there's an actual – so there's – yeah, it's called the Uncanny Valley Effect. And it's this dude, uh, Mishiro Mori, 1970. And uh, he was the guy who kind of you know, figured this out. And, and also I'm going to add another thing this, that I didn't find in any research, but this is just me. I think um, they scare me because they're hiding the person's real identity. You know, Like I'm like, what, what they got to hide? You know, I said, like, why you got the makeup on, buddy? I assume it's something terrible. I feel like, you know – if you're a person with nothing to, nothing to hide from, you don't got to paint your fucking smile on your face. You got a real smile. Why you got to paint it on, you son of a bitch? Because you're a fucking murderer. That's why. I'm completely irrational right now. So, but there was a fear. There's an, and I found out there's a name for this fear. It's called cholrophobia. So cholrophobia is fear of clowns. And uh, there's not like any official hard data about how many people really suffer for it, but there's been some soft kind of studies, and the estimate is around that 12% of adults suffer from it. I feel, like, I feel like that's low. I feel like if 12% are legitimately afraid of clowns, another 30%, 40% are skeeved the fuck out. Definitely. And I, and I just saw some people get scared uh, recently. I was uh, doing radio, morning radio, Kansas City, and uh, promote some shows. And there was some, some people from a local haunted house that was like kicking up into full gear. And they came to the morning radio place. Like, like, like there's like these radio complexes where there's like 10, 10 stations in one building. And so they came to promote their local haunted house, and there was like five of them all dressed up. There was like a werewolf, a Frankenstein, like a mad scientist, some kind of Harlequin, kind of uh, you know mental patient uh, woman, and then this clown, like a clown with a knife. And no one really cared about the other characters, but like I, I watched the reaction of like five different DJs to this group, and two of them lost their goddamn minds over the clown. Like one of them was like, "Out, get out!" Not funny. Like was yelling, "Get out of here!" Um, like not a happy, not a happy reaction to him at all. He was not pleased. And then this other girl, she like was near tears. Like she was literally shaking. She like hid in the corner of the room. Uh, I laughed at, at both of those because it wasn't me. So I had a good time with that. 
Um, now, so now we have some science about why clowns scare, uh, and how common it is to be scared of them. But, but before we get to this current 2016 scary clown epidemic, I want to know, like, where do clowns even come from? So I did a research there. And basically, like, some type of masked comedic performer, like a jester type, can be traced almost back to, like, the beginning of recorded history. Like, 2500 B.C. with the Egyptians, ancient China, early Native American culture, Hopis, and etc. Uh, it's been around a long time, but the modern kind of painted face clown that we think of can be traced back to a London stage performer named Joseph Grimaldi. He was an English comedian who died in 1837. Uh, legend has it he conjured the devil in 1814, and the demon Nesferati possessed him for the rest of his life deal was the demon would give him the performance skills to become the most famous circus act of his day but the demon would require he eat at least one christian baby every year on december 25th and so this is fucked up a baby went missing every christmas morning in london for several decades Mm -hmm. now a little context eating babies was fairly common in uh, early 19th century london okay i made that up but i made all that up but joseph he was real but i bet some of you were like "I, i buy that fucking clown yeah beating babies that sounds right um true story though is he died a broke depressed alcoholic disabled from numerous accidents suffered from slapsticky clowning it left him physically unable to perform last 15 years of his life so he's kind of like he's he's the the originator of the sad clown archetype uh because charles dickens uh, and, and by the way his, his oh his clown name was joey and you can find images of it on on the web of jo- of this uh Joseph Grimaldi, Joey, and he is scary as shit. Like, it is a terrifying... I don't know why the fuck he would choose the costume he did, but it, it looks sinister, so sinister. Um, Charles Dickens wrote his memo- uh, memoir, and in the Pickwick Papers, 1836, he introduced a, a literary character clearly based on Grimaldi that was the sad, drunken, dying clown in this book. And a lot of people uh, credit that as the origin of the scary clown in today's literature. Fucking Dickens, man. You know, he's been making readers sad just for hundreds of years now, almost 200 years. I think Great Expectations was the first truly depressing book I ever read. He's just, he's, he's king of the bummers. King of the bummer story, old Dickens. And then there was this guy, Philip Astley, who kind of created the modern circus. He, he's known as the father of the modern circus. He was from 1742 to 1814. And he, and he started off in like, uh, he, he had like these, these equestrian kind of events and he found that out of the kind of horse little shows he was putting on, people liked trick riders the most. And he found that he could, instead of doing it like other people did, just kind of going back and forth, he would do it in a circle. It became uh, the precursor to the modern circus ring. And then he found that in between horses doing tricks, if he had some clowns come out and kind of like you know tied people over, like keep the crowd pumped up, uh, that people like that. And that is how today's circus started. And then, and then it you know goes across the Atlantic. Uh, first American clown, this guy John Bill Ricketts, uh, he brought it over uh, to the U.S. and uh, he, he was a London performer as well. And he, and he did exhibitions you know several times a week, and and even as you know as early as 1792 in America, George Washington watched him do stuff. And then you know and then he added clowns and stuff as well. And then it just became a big thing in like the 20th century, you know, but, which makes sense. You know, there's no TVs and stuff. You know, I guess uh, people had to go do something. And, uh, and so that's where, that's where circus clowns come from. So now you know that. And then I was thinking, where do evil clowns come from? Where does this mythology start? And turns out, uh, late 19th century, in, in theater and operas and stuff, there was a, uh, an opera and a play by, um, it's called, pa- I can never pronounce Italian words, Pagliacci? Pagliacci. It's Italian for clowns. It's this Ruggero 
Lino Leon Cavello is this guy. He's an, he's an Italian opera. It still performed. Uh, and I guess it was uh, there was controversy when it came out. There was this other playwright, uh, Catul Mendes, this French poet and playwright that did a similar play about clowns as well. But, but, basically, but both works feature as murderous clowns as central characters. So the Pagliacci is basically about a dude who's the head of a clown troupe, drinks too much, he's an asshole, suspects his wife of cheating on him, stabs both her and her lover in front of a circus audience. And, you know, it's the first like, example of a, of, a, of a guy whose job is to be jolly, but he's actually a, a dirtbag underneath and a murderer. And, uh, yeah, and I just saved you a lot of money uh, not having to watch some dumbass uh, opera. I'm sure operas are great. I just, they just don't do it for me. But, uh, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the extremely condensed cliff notes of that. Um, but then the modern star character of the evil clown, it, really Stephen King's It, the one I read, uh, published in 1986, that was the first one to really introduce like, like a, a major character in a very popular book who's an evil-ass clown to a you know, huge audience. And then, and then another guy that kind of um, didn't do anybody any favors. Oh, and I was right about uh, 1982 for, from Poltergeist. There was also a movie, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, came out in 1986. It wasn't as known, but it got heavy rotation. Like, I want to say, like, you know, uh, Cinemax, Showtime, HBO, one of those. I remember seeing it late at night when I was, you know, watching TV I wasn't supposed to. It would come on all the time. And that was about a bunch of, like, you know, horrible clowns. Um, and, then, and then there was John Wayne Gacy. Uh, 1978, he was arrested. This dude killed like 33 kids and he liked to paint pictures of clowns and he was a fucking like a birthday clown uh, called uh, Pogo. Ah, so that, 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 was, that was really bad for clowns. You know, for like the good clowns out there, when, when that guy got caught, they were just like, God damn it. You know, and then Poltergeist comes and fucking son of a, and then, you know, it, and they're just like, I, I quit. I quit. Um, but there's this evil clown archetype. It, it, it does play strongly off the dislike caused to it from the you know like the thing we talked about earlier, the uh, oh the the valley. What the hell was that thing called? Uh, I cannot remember. Un- Uncanny Valley. Uh, you know, there's there there. <laughs> so there's where you were already predisposed to kind of not like them, and then these things come out, and and it makes it worse kind of culturally. And then uh, there was this guy, Joseph Derwin, a freelance journalist, studied clowns for years. Uh, he, he studied this study. He said that clowns are universally disliked by children, and some find them quite frightening, unknowable. And, uh, yeah, again, very reactive to a familiar body type with an unfamiliar face. Okay, we covered that. Um, so, anyway, scary, scary, scary. So, so that's, that's kind of the background of, of scary clowns in the consciousness. And then previous to 2016, there was uh, another incident, 1981. Very similar to this year, uh, evil clown sightings swept across the country. Started in Boston, May 6, 1971, uh, p- police received a report that one or two men wearing clown outfits were, were driving a candy-laden van near Brookline's Longwood School. Um, next day, there was a similar report from Franklin Park, horseshoe playing grounds. Uh, this man, this clown, reportedly had half a clown suit on. He was naked from the waist down, which is, to me, argue, that's the scariest kind of ca- clown. Uh, clown from the waist up, just rapey from the waist down. Just didn't say if he had a hard on or not, but I mean, I think a clown with a visible erection <laughs> is is like a like a a clown not at a circus with a visible erection, just kind of wandering around. One of the scariest. I think I feel comfortable saying one of the scariest kind of clowns. Like if someone was like, "Hey man, do you want to see a, a clown?" With a knife, or do you want to see a clown with a with a hard on? 
I'd have to really think about it. I'd have follow-up questions, you know? Like, what, what kind of knife are we talking about? How big is this knife? How, 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 how athletic does he look with the knife? You know, how big is the dick? You know, is the dick bigger than the knife? Does the dick look more uh, like a weapon than the knife? A lot of stuff. Um, so anyway, so and then there was more stuff. There was, there was, there was, you know, more stories, more stories, more stories. Yeah, there was, you know, schools are being shut down, <laughs> just like that happened this year. And then this guy, Lauren Coleman, a university professor with a long-standing interest in clowns, he heard about all these sightings. Noticed the sightings started popping up around the country. He started, he started corresponding with this loose kind of group of cryptozoologists, people who are into like Bigfoot and, you know, sightings of, of strange, unexplained things, these Mulder X-Files types. Uh, there's nearly 400 of them. He kind of reached out to us in this network around the country, and they started like gathering, you know, this pre, pre-internet like newspaper clippings and, and realized that this sightings were popping up all over the place. And it became like a, you know, he noticed it was a nationwide phenomena. And then he, he came up with this theory of the phantom clown. And he says, phantom clowns are very specific. There's a clown often in a van, kids being approached, telling adults, and then the clown's never being caught. And, and, and that's what, when I did the research, none of, these, none of these clowns, like, were ever arrested. No one ever caught one of these clowns. Like, not one. And when the police followed up with these kids, they found that most of the time they recanted their stories. They, they just, they took the stories back. Like, they were like, no, uh, no clowns. And so, yeah, so, <laughs> so 1981, it turned out there, there was nothing. It was a lot of arrests. I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, no arrests, a lot of sightings, no arrests, a lot of smoke, no fire. And so keeping that in mind, I kind of started digging into the 2016 clown phenomenon because, you know, there's all these articles about, like, clowns being seen here, clowns being seen there. But when you dig into it, you're like, yeah, but who, who saw them? Where's, where's the video? And there might be some prankish type videos that just, you know, jackasses have made. You know, whatever. You can, anybody can fucking put on a clown outfit and walk around in the woods and have your video, your buddy tape it and be like, well, there's, there's, this, there's the creepy clown I was talking about. That's no difference than putting on like a, a gorilla outfit and be like, there's Sasquatch out there. Like that's just a, uh, yeah, you're just fucking with people. And, and again, you know, there was like, there was like one arrest of the, I referenced earlier, like the dude in the woods but but they never found out like that person was there was no like uh he wasn't like trying to kill somebody or it, he was just being fucking i don't know creepy i don't even know didn't did i couldn't find out why they like what he was charged with <laughs> like but i don't know maybe he's on private property trespassing but there was no like crazy malicious thing it's not like he had a backpack of fucking heads you know uh there's nothing and so far in 2016 nothing of substance you know there's all these, all these things, you know, this one started off in South Carolina in August, you know, like one woman filed a report with the sheriff because her son saw clowns in the woods whispering, making strange noises. No clowns caught, no arrests made. Um, there was uh, uh, in, in LaGrange, Georgia, September 14th, there was a report of people dressed as clowns and standing near a white van, like some kind of like kidnapper van. Uh, they found a driver who said he had run out of gas, no costumes. And then when they kind of interviewed the people who called in the sightings, the, the people admitted they made the shit up. And so then they, that, that's the actually only kind of um, charges that have been filed or like false, falsifying police reports about this. So why are, people, why are people doing all this? Why are people making all these claims? Why, why is it? And it's more and more. It's building. There's more and more sightings. Why is that is happening? This mass hysteria. And uh, Jason Seacat, an associate professor. And by the way, this episode is going to run long again, clearly. You already know that because you know the time thing. Uh, 
this professor of psychology at Western New England University, Springfield, Massachusetts, he, he suggested another motive uh, for the outbreak. People feel, uh, have a need to feel connected to a news event that has made national headlines. And since the event appears to be difficult to verify, the claim that one has had such an encounter is easy to make and relatively free from the risk of being called out as a fraud. So his theory, it's like low risk of being called out for lying and then uh, a benefit of positive attention for reporting such a claim. It may motivate people to lie. So people have, I don't know, nothing bored or whatever, and they just kind of work themselves up and they just add to this story, and then they get to like, you know, people love, it's like that phenomena I've always been fascinated by of when people get so excited, like I've been out shooting sizzles or whatever, like little concept, video concept you're trying to sell a, a show idea for, and you have to go shoot something on the street, some like man on the street segment, for example. I'm amazed how many people want to be in the background, and they're like waving to the camera. Like they, they don't even fucking, they don't even know what channel it might be on, but they just want to be on something. They want to be a part of something that they can tell their friends, oh, I was on this, uh, look, at, I look in the back of the football game. You can see me waving to the camera. And, like, they get really excited. I've just never given a shit about that kind of stuff to me. But a lot of people, like, get super excited about wanting to be on the news or something. And I think it's similar motivation. People just want to be like, oh, yeah, I was the one who saw that clown. And there is, I'm always amazed how many just, like, liars there are just in the world where it's like they will just, you know, make some shit up but then they get off on people being like, what? There's a fucking clown in the woods? Maybe at first there's a part of them that's like, nah, I just, I, I, I should, I misspoke. But then, you know, when they see people being so excited, oh, oh, no, there was three. There wasn't one. There was three clowns in the wood. There was one had a knife, one had an axe, one had a pitchfork. Get the fuck. What were they doing? Uh, uh, had blood on them. The weapons had blood on them. Yeah, what did you do? I... I ran for my life. That's what I did. And they chased me. Chased me for half a mile. Like the story just gets worked up by people's interest. So, so then, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, there's all these lies out there, all this you know, bad rep about clowns. Now we kind of understand where the fear comes from psychologically. But then I started thinking, like, has a clown actually ever killed anybody? Has there been a real-life Pennywise? Has there been a real example, even one, of just some clown terrorizing neighborhoods like Michael Myers, Halloween style, and just fucking slashing people. And uh, no, there, there is no such story, actually. There's people who have committed crimes, like uh, dressed as a clown, like gang stuff. In Mexico, there was some guy who went up to like a, uh, a drug cartel guy dressed as a clown and, and tried to perform a gangland execution. But to me, that's like... Uh, Keanu Reeves, you know, Cape Fear kind of, sh or Point Break, excuse me, Point Break stuff where, yeah, you wear, you put like, it's like, it's like bank robbers have worn clown masks. That's very different than a deranged American horror story, you know, that character <laughs> from that show, clown just wandering the woods, because that's the urban legend. And there is no, sorry if you're disappointed by that, but hopefully you're relieved. There's no real example of that. There was a weird story, um, about somebody who, Marlene Warren, she was killed. She opened her front door, and there was a clown there on, on her, at her door who was holding flowers, and then all of a sudden whips out a gun and shoots her in the chest and kills her. No, in the face. I'm sorry. Shoots her in the face. Kills her. Um, and the eyewitness to this was her son at the house. But if you dig into the story, no arrests were made, but it looks very, very, very much like her husband at the time, estranged husband, was having an affair at work. Uh, people report a woman who looked like the the, uh, the woman he was having an affair with buying a clown suit that fit the description of the clown suit several hours earlier before this 
uh, <laughs> murder took place at a local costume shop. You know, the guy's alibi, in my opinion, seemed flimsy. It just, it seemed like, you know, to me, again, for whatever, they couldn't link the DNA stuff. They don't have enough, you know, stuff to, to, to link him. And, you know, if people can lie to each other, well, I was with her and she was with me. And you can't prove him wrong. But that doesn't seem like a, a random clown. Just going up and shooting people. It seems like a dude who didn't want to get caught, so he dressed like a clown. It's just fucked up, you know. And, um, and there's, been, there's, been, there's, been, there's been creepy pedophile clowns, so though. There, there was a guy, Amon Paul Klutzo Carlock Jr., Springfield, Illinois, a clown and former minister. Jesus Christ. He entertained thousands of kids in Sunday school, Christian you know, initiatives around the world, dressed up like a clown, went to the Philippines, and got arrested for, like, child sex trafficking. Like, he was going to the Philippines where, you know, fucking kids isn't as closely monitored, and he was fucking kids. And then local authorities caught him, and then he died while being held very suspiciously. Suspiciously, and I say, uh, good. And, uh, and there was another similar thing in the U.S. as uh, Jose Guadalupe Jimenez. His clown name was El Tin Lorin. He was, like, a professional clown, like, doing birthday parties and stuff. You know, that was his job. And he kidnapped a girl in L.A., a 12-year-old, and, and, and took her out of her house and raped her in, in a school parking lot. And, uh, yeah, took her, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that, that happened. That was a real thing. But, but no homicidal psychopath clown. But, and we're going we're gonna to round this episode out with this, John Wayne Gacy, I referenced him earlier. This is, if you needed some chills this episode, here you go. Um... This guy had this alter ego kind of, you know, Pogo the Clown thing. There's no evidence that he wore the clown suit. He never admitted to wearing the clown suit when he killed. But it's crazy to me that in the 70s, he was able to entertain children as Pogo, even though he had already served 18 months for tying up and sodomizing a teenage boy in the late 60s. Like, he was found guilty of that, of tying up a teenager and fucking him in the ass. And then, I guess they clearly didn't have sex offender registry laws like we do now. He was able to, you know, legally, once he got out, and he only served like 18 months, uh, <laughs> he was able to go like do kids' parties. That's so fucked up. Oh, man. So messed up. So messed up. Um, and then later, you know, in 78, they find out he, he killed 33 young men. 33 young men, uh, the majority of which were, were buried in his crawl space. Yikes. And he was a maniac, man. He was a maniac. There was this, uh, like, uh, one of the examples of, of, of his victims, 19-year-old student. This is in 77. Robert Donnelly took him from a Chicago bus stop. Dude, what's up with clowns in Illinois, too, by the way? Because earlier, that Klutzko guy, the Philippines, molesty, Uncle Molesty, he was from Illinois, too. Whew. Um, something, uh, don't be a clown in Illinois. But anyway, he abducted this 19-year-old student, Robert Donnelly, from a Chicago bus stop at gunpoint. Drove him home, raped him, tortured him with various devices, repeatedly dunked his head into a bathtub filled with water until he passed out, then revived him to, to rape him some more. And this guy got away. He later testified at Gacy's trial that he was in so much pain that he asked Gacy to kill him just to get it over with. Gacy replied, I'm getting round to it. And then for whatever reason, Gacy, Gacy decided just to like let him go. Maybe just to wanted to fuck with him later or something. Um... Yeah, he told the police he was having slave sex with this kid, but it was all consensual, and the police uh, believed him, you know, because it's not like he went to prison for raping some other kid. Jesus Christ. Man, to be a criminal, I guess, back then was a little easier. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you can't get away with that now. 
hopefully, if you have a prior conviction of uh, kidnapping uh, and sodomizing somebody, that the next time somebody accuses that, the police are like, let's take this seriously. Let's really take this seriously. In 78, Gacy confessed to police that since 1972, yeah, he committed yeah, 25 to 30 murders. Um, once back, he says, once back at his house, the victims would be handcuffed, otherwise bound, sexually assaulted, tortured. He would stick cloth rags in their mouths to, to muffle the screams. He would partially drown him and, and then revive them. He would put them in these like wooden stocks kind of thing to hold, so they could be held still while he tortured He tortured them for hours. And then he would put the body under his bed. This is, ah, what's your fucking creepy detail? He, the first night after he killed him, he would, he would put them under his bed and then sleep with their dead body underneath his bed. That's scary as shit, right? And then he would bury him in the crawl space. And there's no evidence. Again, he didn't say that, you know, he dressed up as a clown. But in my mind, he's sleeping his pogo the clown up there. <laughs> that's, that's so scary. That's so scary. Why, why does that make it scarier? Like, he's already the most evil thing. And then for some, but then I'm like, you add the clown suit, and, and that's what, like, kicks it over the top for me. <laughs> okay, so there you go. So let's do some top five takeaways, all right? If a friend tells you uh, that you saw a scary clown, that they saw a scary clown, excuse me, odds are you don't have a clown problem. You do have a, a full of shit friend problem. It turns out it's almost always lies. Uh, number two, do not hire a male birthday clown from Illinois ever. As I said, it was home of both Pogo and Klutzo, murdering and or molesting monsters. Uh, number three, don't just don't hire a birthday clown. Fucking period. It's, they're creepy. I don't care if, uh, you know, if, if there's no evidence of them being homicidal maniacs or even being like pedophiles more than the normal person. The kids are, there are studies that show kids are scared of them. Why would you do that? Why is anyone hiring them? I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're, and you're a great clown. Fucking people don't like what you do. Stop it. Write me in. If, if you're like, nuh-uh, <laughs> I want to see some testimonials. I want to see some testimonials of you being like, bullshit, and then, you know, some kind of quotes which you could make up. I'd like to see a video of just kids on YouTube being like, man, clowns are the best. Uh, I think I was one of the last of those kids. Uh, Number four, all right? There isn't one example of someone dressed as a clown going around murdering people. If you run into a clown, uh, overwhelming odds are that he or she will not murder you. However, there's a small chance they may molest you. But statistically, again, uh, no no more of a chance than that than, than someone else doing it. Yeah, overwhelming odds they're not gonna they're not gonna make you laugh though, okay? Because they're creepy and they're not amusing. And if they were to molest you, I feel like more damaging than being molested by someone who's not a clown. But it's, I don't want to trivialize molestation. But I'm just I'm saying, if in some weird scenario someone's like, do you want to be molested by the dirtbag dirtbag Johnny over there, or do you want to be molested by Bozo McTicklefinger Ticklefinger? I don't know where that Bozo McDicklefinger just made that up. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dirtbag. I don't want either one. I don't need, both are bad, but uh, I feel like I could more easily mentally recover from a non-clown. And five, if Stephen King is ever murdered, I feel like there's a very good chance it'll be at the hands of a clown because if you're a clown, tweet apology aside, you know, that, that doesn't matter because no one in history has given your career field more negative PR than he did with the publication of It. Like, that had to, I have no stats to back this up, but, but clown work had to drop off dramatically in the, in the, in the late 80s. And, that, and that's it. And that's Time Suck, man. We learned a lot about the, uh, the 2016 phenomena, you know, 
about why people are scared of clowns, uh, about why I'm scared of clowns. And I don't know if this one makes you, I, hopefully this thing makes you feel better. I mean, but it is a phobia, so irrational. So, you know, it's by nature irrational. So if you're scared, you're going to still be scared. But, I, but it did make me feel a little better to know that all these sightings are nonsense. It's just, it's just people, it's, it's like a Bigfoot craze. You know, which I guess we haven't had one like that. But it's like, you know, when people start talking about, you know, Chubacabra or some shit and, and there's their, you know, eyewitness accounts or a bunch of UFO sightings, that one maybe is real. I want to hold on to that one being real. But you know what I mean. You know, it's just it's just like this mass hysteria. And, uh, and next week, uh, I want to find out where Halloween itself. We're going to go full Halloween because it's going to be on Halloween and, and, and just find out, you know, what's up, what's up with that. And take a second to rate Time Suck on whatever platform you happen to listen to it on. The more ratings it gets, the more people notice it. The more people listen, the more incentive I have to do more research and have more fun and deliver episode after episode. I really am enjoying this a lot. And, uh, and I got five albums on iTunes, Amazon. You know, if you, if you want to check out my stand-up or make a Dan Cummins Pandora station, you can do that. That's easy. And again, man, reach out. You know, you can just email me if you don't want to go to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Dan at dancummins.tv. You can give me suggestions on the podcast, or, or tell me what you, what you want to hear uh, in a future episode. And that's it. And I'll talk to you next week on Time Suck.